Welcome to the New Species Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Brian Patrick. And I'm Zoe Albion, your other co-host. On this podcast, we talk to scientists about their recent discoveries of species that are new to science, but not necessarily new to nature. We talk to these scientists about how they found these new species and why they matter. We learn how they decided that they were new species and the behind the scenes stories of finding them. So join us as we explore the biodiversity of our planet and the scientists who help us better understand it. If you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash new species podcast. Welcome to the new species podcast. I'm your host for today's episode, Zoe Appian. And I'm here with Dilian Gorgiev, Associate Professor at the Department of Ecology and Environmental Protection at the Pezi Hilandarsky University of Plovdiv. He's here today to tell me about his paper in Volume 44 of Historica Naturalis Bulgarica, in which he and his co-authors describe a new species of spring snail from the Belasitsa Mountains in southwest Bulgaria. Welcome, Dilian. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. Can you start off by explaining what a spring snail is? Yeah, yeah, of course. They're very interesting, small species of snails. They're a big group of freshwater-dwelling uh, species. Um, they can be divided into two main groups, uh, consisted uh, with uh, a lot of uh, genera and families. Even uh, one, one uh, large group uh, is uh, totally... Um, blind and they are living in underground waters uh, in uh, caves they can be met in caves in uh, subterranean uh, streams and uh, rivers and the other group uh, is adapted uh, to live just in the areas of, of the springs uh, and uh, they are not well known still even a lot of species are described uh, Many, many species uh, are described each year all over the world, but in Europe, they have uh, three centers of origin uh, on the Balkans, where I am mainly working with them, uh, on the Apennine Peninsula, where is Italy, and in the Iberian Peninsula. These three peninsulas were not uh, affected so badly by the Ice Age, and they hold uh, a lot of endemic fauna. So these small creatures, uh, as a conclusion, they live only in few meters around the springs in the surface waters. What uh, made you interested in studying these snails? Hmm. Uh, they are very interesting considering their zoogeography and evolution. And it is still a little known about it. Uh, about these two groups uh, of species, of uh, yeah, of eco these uh, two ecological groups, uh, it's interesting uh, because uh, these uh, the blind ones which live uh, in underground waters, uh, especially in the area of Balkans, um, we uh, estimated that uh, the species, uh, most of the species, emerged about uh, seven point five million years ago during the Miocene. Uh, yeah, during the Mycenaean crisis, uh, it was a very dry period and um, with a lack of, of surface waters, almost lack. But they have a, a sea origin. There was a large sea called Sarnathian Sea, uh, which uh, uh, 
flooded these areas. So uh, the ancestors of the species adapted to live in surface waters after the, uh, the sea uh, uh, dried. And after this, during the Mycenaean crisis, they entered in uh, underground waters and the spring snails, which live in the uh, surface waters, they have different history. Uh, they are uh, so-called young species. They emerged uh, uh, during the Pleistocene era, uh, during the glaciation, during the Ice Age. So uh, some of them also, it's interesting because some of them also adapted to live in underground waters, but they just entered some caves and, it, and uh, they still have very small rudimentary eyes, a little uh, patches of pigmentation. So uh, you can uh, understand that the species is young because of these morphological features. But with, uh, with Polish colleagues, uh, which are working on their DNA, uh, we managed to, to, to set this so-called molecular quark and we estimated the age of these two ecological groups of species, and especially the Bitinella species in South Bulgaria and Greece also. How did you collect the aquatic snails that you used for your research? Yeah, collections uh, are specific, um, but uh, considering the, the, the um, spring snails, uh, you just go to a spring uh, and uh, look <clears throat> for these small creatures on the stones and they are well visible, even they are small, they are um, about two millimeters in length, uh, considering their shell. Uh, and you can uh, spot them as uh, small uh, dark spots on the, on the stones around the spring and you just pick them with a brush or by hand. Um, but it's uh, interesting, it's tricky when you want to collect the underground species. Many, many of them are never seen alive uh, and they are described uh, concerning their shell, shell morphology. Uh, and uh, I adapted uh, one method uh, which is used uh, for collection of, uh, of small terrestrial species. Uh, and the method is uh, the following. So uh, when I enter the cave, which is a water cave. It has a stream, of course. And uh, I uh, search for uh, special areas uh, on the banks of the cave stream. I'm caver also. I'm caving uh, as biospeologist. Uh, I collect the sand and the, 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 the um, uh, the floating debris of uh, which the stream is bringing. After this, uh, it, is, it is wet and I bring it uh, with me, dry it. And when it is dry, uh, I put it again in water. And the empty shells have a bubble of, uh, of air inside and they're floating. And the sand particles are going down. For, uh, for example, I use a bucket, a simple bucket. Uh, and uh, you can find uh, very small and, and few individuals. Uh, these are not individuals, they are empty shells. A few shells, one or two shells among thousands and millions of sand particles. So uh, this, is, this is a method and it's very interesting and useful uh, 
for a new cave to search this mysterious underground species. Wow, sometimes the most simple methods are the most effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. <laughs> and can you tell me a little bit more about um, these caves and the, the mountain range? Um, these um, uh, southern areas um, are inhabited mainly by the so-called new species, which live in, uh, in springs. Uh, the North Bulgaria is interesting, and there was the, the area which was flooded by the Sarmatian Sea. It is uh, uh, north of the uh, Staropolina Ridge, or the other name of Staropolina is Balkan Mountain. So the whole peninsula is named after this mountain. And it divides Bulgaria into two parts. It's very long mountain. Uh, it stretches from the Black Sea to the east, and uh, going to Serbia to the west, entering Serbia. Uh, and it's a very, very long and uh, relatively narrow mountain range. And it was the, the, the shoreline of uh, the southern shoreline of, of the Sarmatian Sea. And uh, the very uh, nice for the snails thing <laughs> is that uh, the north, Bulgaria, north of Staropena is. Uh, built mainly by limestone, which is essential for the snails uh, because uh, most of the species are so-called calciphilic species. They uh, like calcium to uh, build their shell. And uh, there is a lot of, there are a lot of caves there, uh, cave systems even, uh, and it's a rich on species. I uh, had the opportunity to, to describe some new genera also of these uh, cave and under, underground species um, from these caves and cave systems. Even a friend of mine, uh, which is a, a much more experienced caver uh, than me, I'm, I'm Ahmed, uh, collected uh, me one uh, new species which attended to be a, a representative of a new genus from um, very deep and uh, cave from an area of underground waterfall uh, about uh, i don't know something about more than 100 meters below below surface i think wow and maybe much more because my my <laughs> record is just 100 meters below ground and this this guy is much more experienced uh, the the cave is called machanov trap one of the very difficult caves for for entering and, and caving in Bogey. Wow. So you really have to have a lot of different skills in order to collect these snails. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Mm -hmm. And when you returned to the lab, how did you decide that the specimens you collected were actually a new species of snail? So uh, it's a standard, standard uh, managing of, of the collected materials. Uh, when you describe a species, uh, one of the, the things you have to, to look for and to write is the, the so-called differ, uh, differential diagnosis. You compare it with the most similar species and you are searching for differences uh, between uh, the, the new collected materials and the already known described species. Um, which is uh, specific for these snails. The specific thing is that you have to compare them uh, with uh, species which are described closely to your area because they don't um, have any 
they don't have uh, a good ability for dispersion. So you don't have to compare this, for example, with species from South America or USA or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, you right. have a bunch of endemics here. And you have to look just for European species. And uh, yeah, we are living in close to, to Asia here, uh, close to Turkey, maybe, and uh, from species from the Anatolia, from the territory of Turkey, maybe Caucasus, but no, not, um, not uh, large areas uh, like in other species. For, for example, when you describe a flying insect, uh, you have to compare it with. Sometimes, of course, because insects are <laughs> a large group. <laughs> uh, but uh, because I'm working and with a group of insects, I'm working on Socoptera, bark lice. <laughs> and uh, when, uh, when you describe a new species, uh, you have to compare with all known representatives of the genus to describe the species bark lice, for example. And were there specific morphological features that uh, made this species unique? Uh, yeah, they have uh, um, specific for the, the these spring snails uh, is that they are not so diverse concerning their shell morphology. And so when you have uh, only shells, uh, you, one thing is uh, that you cannot describe. The other you have to look about proportions, for example, uh, shell height, shell width, aperture height, aperture width, and uh, the best is to study their anatomy, and especially the male and female genitalia, and you have to make a dissection under a microscope, make photographs for the future paper, and eventually you, you, you can measure also these uh, anatomical structures. Uh, also, uh, you can consider body pigmentation, but they have similar uh, body pigment. There, sometimes when they live on the surface, they have some uh, blackish grayish pigmentation. And when they are underground, uh, they are yellowish, white, yellowish. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and that's all, it's tricky. Uh, some colleagues work, of course, in detail and they are making uh, DNA sequencing. Uh, I mentioned uh, my Polish colleagues, Professor Faunowski and his team. Uh, they uh, are excellent in uh, um, describing species and, and contributing to knowledge on the evolution of the species and using uh, DNA sequencing. When I'm uh, working alone, I'm not able to make this. Uh, yeah, of course, maybe it's well known that in, in Bulgaria and in Balkans, we don't have much more, uh, a lot of resources here, but I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you're doing really well. Can you tell us uh, why you decided to name this species Bythonella fabiae? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, when you describe a new species, uh, you have uh, mainly three options. Uh, one is uh, to name the species after uh, its uh, specific features. Is it green, big, large, or something? Uh, the other option is uh, concerning the area where 
it's found. For example, some endemics can be named Bulgaricus or Bulgarica, uh, depending on gender, when they are found in Bulgaria. And the third option is when you name it after a person. You can honor a person and uh, or uh, when this person is uh, contributed in collecting of the species. So in uh, this paper particular concerning Betinella fage, uh, we are three authors, we are a team and friends. Uh, the rest of the authors are uh, Ivailo Dedo from the Bulgarian Academy of Science. I'm also a malacologist, Bulgarian malacologist, uh, who is working very intensively in Bulgaria and in Macedonia, uh, mainly uh, with terrestrial snails, but also, of course, in freshwater snails. And Schnepot Ulrich, uh, which uh, is now retired, but uh, worked in uh, the, the Natural History Museum of Kur, uh, uh, which is a, a town in Switzerland. And the fourth member of our team is Fabia Knechtle, also uh, from Switzerland, a young nat naturalist. Uh, and she was uh, in our expedition and found, found this locality uh, of uh, spring snails, which is interesting in Belast Mountains. Uh, and specific for this area is that there is no any limestone, which as I mentioned, um, there is just one uh, creek which is emerging from volcanic rocks uh, forming waterfall and these snails were there so um, it's interesting because uh, genus betinella is uh, mostly calcifilic but uh, when you describe a species you have to look and uh, for the ecology of the species and this is uh, the other way to uh, delimit the species uh, because you can have uh, very similar specimens, but uh, when you have uh, uh, different habitat dwellers, you can think about new species. So yeah, the ecological data is also important when you describe a new species. So that's the history that, that about the name. It's uh, named about our friend Fabia from Switzerland. That's wonderful. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah, she was very happy when I sent the already published paper. <laughs> it was a surprise. Um, no, no, but it, was, it took uh, about 10 years <laughs> to describe this species. At the end, it, it was. It was a surprise, surprise <laughs> but <laughs> maybe it's a, a fault of uh, the authors, which were so... So no. lazy, maybe <laughs> describing. This no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, I just have one more question for you. Um, and we ask this question at the end of every interview uh, because it's always relevant. Um, why is your discovery and why is this the continued study of biodiversity so important? Like, why, why does it matter? <laughs> it's very tricky to answer this because uh, I was asked a lot from people uh, during some expeditions in Bulgaria. And if you met a person, for example, a shepherd with a herd of sheep and asking, what are you looking for? I am looking for very small snails, few millimeters. No, no, you're looking for goats. 
<laughs> oh, look, this, these are snails. No, 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 don't lie to me. You are looking for gods. Yeah, for most of the people, this is the important stuff. But uh, the naturalists and people which are loving our earth know that each piece of the puzzle is important. As I mentioned uh, before, we have to know our natural history, the evolution of the ecosystems on the earth. And this knowledge will help us protect our wonderful planet. Really well said. <laughs> I hope <laughs> with my English again. <laughs> no, your, your English is phenomenal, truly. <laughs> Nearly it's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to add? Anything we didn't cover? Yeah. Love the earth, protect the earth, connect with the earth, study our and protect our wonderful mother earth. And that's all. Dilian Gorgiev's paper, Bifinella fabiae, a new spring snail species from the Belsitsa Mountains, southwest Bulgaria, is in volume 44 of Historica Naturalis Bulgarica. See the episode details for a link to the paper, and to learn more about Dilian and his work, check out the episode notes. And if you have questions or feedback about this podcast, please email us at newspeciespodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to follow New Species on Twitter at Podcast Species. And like the podcast on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash new species podcast. And if you'd like to support this podcast, go to patreon.com forward slash new species podcast. <laughs>